All right, Samus Aaron, you've returned from your latest expedition as a bounty hunter. Yes, I Captain, see. General, thank you for having me today. Uh, yes, uh, I, I see in your report you filed that uh, you went to Talon 4 to... That's correct. ...investigate the space pirates and their biological experiments. That's correct. That's correct. This is a, a previously undocumented planet. Uh, I found uh, evidence of uh, vast civilization. Um, it, it re- really a remarkable... It was a remarkable experience. Yeah. Right. We're, uh, we sent you there because we knew you'd be the person for the job. And, um, you know, I've, just, I've, I've gone through this report several times at this point. Mm-hmm. And um, yes. if, I, if my understanding is to be correct. Yes, sir. You didn't just log every single creature on here. Yeah, I used the scan. I used the scan feature on my visor uh, and I documented... Uh, notable artifacts on the planet and uh, also all the life forms. Yeah, that was your primary objective. Yeah. And you, you carried yes. that out admirably. You have a 100% completion percentage on Thank scanning you. things with your scan visor. Uh, but also it, it says that you switched your combat visor and shot the shit out of things? Yeah. Just, um, like just started blasting? First off, you weren't there. So you don't, you don't know what I was going through. There's this one time I was in a hallway and this bug came out at me. Uh-huh. And I charged up my beam, and I, I shot that bug. But you don't know what it was like. I was scared. It sounds like, from what you just said, that the bug was already there, and you came in and, let's and be, shot it. Let's be clear. When we're saying bugs, we're talking about things that would be present on prehistoric Earth. This is like yeah. the, the bug in yeah. question was like well, sure. four meters what in a, diameter. They were like little guys on the ground. Cool compared to you. Out. They were like running around, and they, they were like going... You know, like jibbity jibbity jibbity, and I, yeah, you weren't there. They were speaking. You don't know what it was like. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you right there. Huh? We do not go to another planet and imitate the speech of the the creatures. It was kind of, it was kind of cute. We though. do not do that. Yeah, we it don't do that. Cute. It was kind of cute, but we don't, we don't do, that. do it. Well, it was the last time they ever said it. I, I had a hundred percent execution rate. Yeah, we did note Using- your execution rate. Using uh, ice beam and plasma beam, right? On those little jibbity guys. Can, can we talk about in addition? You know, because part of your expedition, it appears that you've discovered a bunch of ancient artifacts uh, left yes. by the Chozo, yes, a race that was you know long for long gone in our current reality. And you were uh, just started dropping power bombs on them, sir. Do you have a problem with my methods? Why don't you take it up with me? I mean, that's exactly what this is the purpose of this. This is like you, an inquisition. If you, have, if, you, if you have an issue with how I handle these ancient civilizations, these these priceless archaeological space archaeological artifacts, then I suggest I suggest you 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 give me that reprimand. Don't don't bring me into this room and and, and chat your way around it. She, she's she's jujitsuing us. I don't know what this is exactly. But. Yeah. Um. I guess. I guess we're not mad. Like, yeah, I, don't I guess know. We're, you're, I guess you're you're free. You're free to go. Yeah, and Thank I'm turning you. in my badge. And the my next gun. time, yeah. you, next time you listen to yourselves before you bring up a topic like this. I thought that's fair. D- and don't forget, I've got hyper beam. Yeah, yeah, she does get a lot of beam. Um, hey, do, before we let you go, Samus, uh, one request. Yes. 
uh-huh. Can you show me how to do that morph ball thing? Yeah, I'm trying to see if I can uh, do something. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, what? We blast space pirates with super missiles and curl into impossibly small spheres as we play you play updated GameCube classic Metroid Prime Remastered. This week on Get Played. to Get Played, your one-stop show for good games, bad games, and every game in between. It's time to Get Played. I'm your host, Heather Ann Campbell, along with my fellow host, Nicholas Weiger. Oh, hey, that's me, Nicholas Weiger. I'm here with our third host, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Get Played, your premiere Video game podcast. Mm, where yeah. Once a month, we play a game and you play a game. And that's the episode this week. We played it and you played it. We play, you play. And also, if you didn't play it, like, you're not in trouble. No. Like, that's, it's fine. You If you just want to yeah. listen to us talk about a game we played, or maybe you yeah. played it when it came out and you just, you know, you didn't revisit it this time, that's fine too. You know, don't feel yeah. pressured to be a part of the you play of we play you play but you can be we're trying to be inclusive here you can play the something else the truth is if if you didn't finish if you picked this game up and you didn't finish it i'm in the same boat as you yeah yeah it it wasn't physically possible for me over the course of the last few weeks but I, but i'm i'm here to talk about that game That's i'm here right. to listen to that game i'm here to share that game with my co-hosts matt and nick that's right and that's what it's all about baby that's right. And you know what? Hey, it's great that this game has been remastered, is available in a new format, uh, on a new platform for a lot of people who maybe experienced it years ago and want to revisit it or maybe have never experienced it before and want to see what all the fuss is about. But, you know, Nintendo being Nintendo, they've also, they're also going the other direction at the same time, closing the Wii U and 3DS shops, eShops forever. Uh, I think next week. What yeah, is that? that on the twenty seventh. Real, yeah. real soon. Which it's because of release. I'm almost wondering. I like. I, it almost has me thinking. Like, I think I might need to scramble to buy. And this is what they fucking want. But what choice do I have? Yeah. But I do. I'm like. I probably should scramble to buy a few games before these sh- the sh- the shop is closed forever. The e shop is closed forever. Yeah. I know. I I thought about this the other day. I thought about getting a new 3ds. Wow. Do you not have a 3DS? I do have a 3DS, but mine's kind of busted. Well, you don't have to buy a new one right away. I almost thought about it. Okay. But I guess, yeah, if I just buy the stuff, that I, if I want to play it later, I can just get a new one. Yeah, it'll be on your account. Yeah. Well. Unless they deprecate that. Yeah, then who knows? Yeah. But, you know, it's it's crazy that they can just do that. I highly recommend downloading the um, 
Guide to the Louvre on your 3DS. Mm, that's fun. Because you can look at all the paintings in the collection and all the sculptures in 3D. That's really It is cool. one of the rarest pieces of actual physical software. So the chances of you getting it in the future are only diminishing. But you, I can just go to the Louvre whenever I want, you know? <laughs> you can also bring it to the Louvre and it works as an audio guide. That's cool. Oh, that is cool. And you can get Street yeah. Pass if somebody has their 3DS on them too. Well, did you know they that's how they do audio guides at the Louvre is they hand out 3DSs and I'm not joking. Is that still the case? Yes, wow. still the case. I uh I brought Mary over Christmas to Paris, uh which I've mentioned before on this yes. podcast, so I'm not being bougie. No, soccer. And Louvre. we went to the Louvre and I and I was like I'm going to get the software because mm. <clears throat> you can only get it from the Louvre gift shop. But I was having a panic attack from the side of the crowd, size of the crowds, and uh, wearing a mask for hours on end. So instead, I was like, "We have to get out of here. I cannot go to the gift shop. We have to go." But people are walking around with these lanyards and the 3ds hanging off of their with the little headphones. That's those and those are heavy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like not. They're not no. like heavy, heavy. But like to have hanging around your neck. That's a lot. It's heavy enough. It would yeah. cause some neck strain over time. Yeah. I'd also just I'd have that. I was like, well, fuck. I might as well play some Pit Cross. I got this yeah. Thing here. Yeah. Well, I might as well be playing uh, Metal Gear Solid 3D. Metal Gear Solid uh, uh, Snake Eater 3D. Yeah. Uh, I um, I was going to say, I highly recommend if you're ever in a place where they offer an audio tour for a museum, at a, if you're in a place where you don't speak the language, do it. It's so fucking fun. It's great. It's a nice way to spend some time. Do, you're saying get it, get it, like the tour in the language you speak. Yes. Not okay. Don't yes. don't do a foreign language. Tour. No. Yeah. Okay. You want to be more confused? Go nuts. That's why I was like, I thought you were saying that in terms of oh, it's fun because it's so oh, disoriented. No, no but, you could do that on your own for free. Yeah. <laughs> but like, pay the four bucks or whatever it is. Uh, it, sometimes you know, well, it's not bucks there. It, it could be euros. Could sure. Be, it depends on where you are. Pay the currency of the place you're in, and get the audio tour in the language that you understand. Just a travel tip from me. It's kind of, you know, it's sort of what I'm known for now. Is this a new segment? Yeah, travel tips from Matt. Okay, great. Yeah. Great. My travel tip, anytime you're using a public restroom and you got to sit down, take some toilet paper and wipe the seat down first. Yeah. Because here's what it does. First off, you're not going to sit in someone else's piss and shit. Yes. Uh, secondly, it makes it so that you're like, okay, I, I have now verified that there is toilet paper in the stall before I get to work. That's good. Yeah. And you're going to do some work. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, they're going to call, call in a bomb threat after you get out of there. <laughs> yeah, but, I, but I'm like, you know, because so you put the, put the little seat cover down, but that doesn't double check that you have no. TP. And also, those seat covers, some liquid will come through. Worthless. Yeah. And also, when you're done, wipe your ass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, do that too. Yeah, do it. I have a travel tip. What's that? If you're traveling outside of the United States of America, stop at any bar and order yourself a Havana Club or Havana Club rum, which is illegal in the United States because of our embargo against Cuba, but you can get it literally everywhere else. And it's a really good drink. That's oh, fun. Just have yourself, a, just have yourself a, a nice little sip of rum at a local bar anywhere on planet Earth that isn't here. Mm. And to that point as well, if you're traveling somewhere that's not the United States, from the United States, stay there and don't come back. <laughs> it sucks here. 
I mean, I'd say I same perspective, but just I'd say love it or leave it. So oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Same, just, yeah. just two sides of the two same sides coin. Of the same coin. <laughs> we have a video game. I'm very very excited to talk about today. I have a lot of thoughts on this this month's we play you play. Yes, but before we get to that, we first, as we always do, should begin by discussing other video games that we're currently playing. It's time for what are you playing? Hey guys, what are you playing? Wow. There's usually there's like a character who comes in here usually. Oh, um, I don't know. I've I've seen some aggressive vitriol towards that character on Reddit. Mm, and interesting. being being that I and I think also on the Discord, being that I retired my relationship with the Resident Evil merchant because of the haters. Mm, interesting. I I I wonder how Bubsy will respond to the uh, like aggressive like people say oh they're doing this so that we miss the Resident Evil merchant I'm like there's no forethought there was no planning there's no yeah this isn't an agenda this isn't 40 chess no it just Bubsy Bubsy just shows up up. yeah and the the asshole does what he wants yeah and you know never mind no say what you're gonna say Go fucking touch grass. Go like go see the ocean. Good God, no, man. We uh, no nuh-uh. walk right into it too. I don't at it. <laughs> Jesus, I'm, I'm of the opposite opinion. I do this show for the listeners, sure. and the and so do I. It is only because of the the sort of friction between the growing community, the growing Fortnite community, sure, and the people who fucking hate that I talk about Fortnite every week. That that I continue to talk about Fortnite, but we don't talk about Fortnite. No, but I am no, I am interested no. in what 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 are you playing, Nick? I do I do have an announcement. Yeah. Oh, you do. There's a guest coming in right now, and this is like kind of like a huge thing because you know we're at we're at Sirius XM right now, yeah. and there's sometimes really famous people here. So can I just let this guest in real yeah, quick? Yeah, of course, sure. Yes. Hey. uh... Anybody uh, see any comic books in here? Wow. It's Joel from Joel? The Last of Us. Joel from yeah. The Joel, oh my God. Excited to see you. I've been looking for some comic books for Ellie. Uh, Joel, this is you're kind of coming in on writing a wave of success with the HBO series, do, doing gangbusters. I don't, I don't watch TV. I just kind of wander around, look for uh, screws and... And, right. the, and the like, yeah. And, and occasionally a comic book for Ellie, a fragment of a plastic bottle, a note, a, a, <laughs> and yeah, like a, a, a handwritten letter. Right, sure. Detailing uh, what's going on, and you know, in the current environment. Well, maybe you're not up to speed on pop culture, but you are very zeitgeisty right now. You know, games obviously very popular, but also your show was a hit too. Well, yeah, you know that just. It 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 feels good to be the king, and yeah, I, I do uh, I do appreciate the. Uh, just the the outpouring of uh, uh, just uh, just generosity in in, in, in in people's comments. So I, I appreciate that. You know, it's funny because we used to have another horror icon in from video games in the studio regularly, the Resident Evil Merchant, mm. and then we had a, a different sort of horror in here, uh, which was a pun spouting feline Bubsy. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. now we've got you in here, who's probably the maybe the most famous video game horror character of all at this point. And this is kind of it for me. <laughs> 
I, I'm just kind of a guy, you know? Yeah, you're, I, I'm, you're a man. I'm just a normal man. That's what's amazing about you as a protagonist is like, hey, he's just a guy who's yeah. got some skills, but he's mostly a guy. Yeah, that's uh, first and foremost, that's how I'm known. I'm, I'm a father first, a mm-hmm. guy second, and a, and a, and a murderer <laughs> and a and a and a just a a flat out murderous man. Do have quite Third. the body yeah. count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In both ways that you can say that phrase. Okay. I need to hear about you being a fuck machine. <laughs> yeah. I had a fourteen year old daughter when I was thirty two. <laughs> you do the or you, you do the math. <laughs> when I nut, I nut. <laughs> oh my god! Jesus Christ. Holy shit! Anyway, I, I'm just looking for some comic books because uh, the, the 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 girl that I look after, Ellie, uh, she loves comic books, and sometimes I'll find them and say, "Hey, Ellie, this is one of them comic books you're reading." Yeah, and I happen to find one that she hasn't read yet, which is nice. Yeah, I mean, I got I got some comics of my own, but uh, maybe not age appropriate for Ellie. Uh, I'd like to see those. <laughs> Heather, you got any questions for me? <laughs> No, I don't. I, I'm a little distressed. You seem out of sorts. What do you what? I mean? Oh yeah, you would be too if you know you're the most popular man on TV, played by the hottest person on earth, and you also lived that experience time and time again. Right, and not to mention right. you know taking like a two by four and you know clubbing uh, you know, what used to be a school teacher but has now turned into a bloater in the face. Yeah, it's 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 brutal. It's yeah. I didn't, you know, I've I've suffered. I've had loss. Yeah, that's gnarly. And nobody ever dared ask me what I was playing. Yeah. I'm oh. What are you what are you playing, Joel? <laughs> I'm just running out the clock. Oh, jeez. Got to find a way to keep going. That's the thing I took away from you. Well, Heather, what are you playing? Uh, hey, Matt, you want to hit that music cue I gave you? Oh, sure. Welcome to your local Fortnite news. I'm your host, Heather Ann Campbell. I'm here <laughs> with Corncob, Pieface. On weather and sports, it's Kylo Ren. <laughs> On, on local interest, I know I should have written this out. <laughs> uh, you wanted it. You asked for it. It's Fortnite news here on Get Played. Well, guys, let me tell you. This week marked the inaugural private Get Played Fortnite server matchup. Uh, thanks to uh, the creator who's on our Discord, Spliff, uh, we had a private match on Monday where only Get Played people were fighting against Get Played people. So if you're out there listening and you're like, I'm so fucking tired. I am. I don't want to f- I don't turn off the fucking news if it was Fortnite. I don't f- fuck you. Heather. Well, guess what? The community is only growing and it is only getting stronger. Wow. And we played multiple matches together as a group of friends with an open Discord audio chat. 
so we could all hear each other at the same time. So 60, 70 people all giving, taking, being polite, sharing the conversation while we also hunted each other down on a private island with nobody else. It was transformative. Wow. It was one of the best video game experiences of my entire fucking life. That's amazing. And I'm not just saying that because I won and crowned the first match. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was it was awesome. And there are like people saved replays. Wow. People like like if you got eliminated, you were watching other people play whose names you recognized from the get played discord in a. And a community of, re- of, of, of relationships that are like sort of, uh, what's the word when you, when you, uh, emergent, like emergent relationships, emergent play, th- like when you, when you try, you're doing one thing, but then you, you're like, I play the game. Hey, let's let, let's, uh, hi, it's, it, it, we're only hijacking trains in Red Dead Redemption. That's all we're doing. You know, sure. Like yeah. Emergent playthrough. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know. There's some word I'm looking for and I can't find it. Anyway, that plus the announcement this week that the Unreal Engine editor is now public. Yes. So you can fucking make anything in Fortnite. And people are already like there's a counter strike, like, like a full blown pseudo photorealistic war game that you can now play within the Fortnite meta engine. There are, there is like a, a role-playing game that somebody's made. And that's just from like the launch, like in three weeks, I'll be like, I was playing the last of us in Fortnite as <laughs> right. Spider-Man with a sword. I used, I used Deku's, uh, United States of smash. On a clicker in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Wow. It's going to be great. Um, so, yeah, I'm... That's amazing. It's been a fucking week, man, for Fortnite. And I am really, 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 really happy to be playing that game. It makes me feel awesome. I'm really interested in... Because I, I saw some of the stuff you sent and... I'm interested in, and I, I, I should probably dig into this this Unreal Engine Fortnite integration because, like you know, you could. I'm I'm just curious what the tools are because it's kind of amazing how quickly people made things, and I wonder if it's like it's it can't. I don't I don't think it's just the existing Unreal Engine tool set. Oh yes, it is. But but is it like is it like oh I have to know Unreal Engine to the degree of proficiency? But it's just li- like that that you know you already kind of have to do to build something of, of that scale. Or is it like oh this is built into Fortnite with much more user uh you know much more approachable tools for a user? That I can't that I can't answer. That, that's what I'm interested in digging that, into. Yeah, that, that people are just importing existing Unreal assets directly into Fortnite, and then you can got it edit on your computer and live play your adaptations on the PS5. So that's, I, I mean, it's fucking insane. Yeah, because I was wondering, is it like something, is it like Dreams, you know, for PS4, which kind of like, you know, you could, you could, like, you could create games within that, but it was also like, hey, it was something you could do with a PlayStation 4, you could do with a DualShock 4, you know, with a controller. Uh, I, I wonder. Know. I wonder if it's on that level or, or, or somewhere in between, or if it's just like, oh yeah, it's, I, I, I'm, I'm curious to dig into it, but it is, it is one of those 
kind of just like uh, like oh yeah they can do that because yeah, they can they can fucking do it because it's all it epic is, yeah i think they're making nine billion dollars a year and the game's free so do that math well it's also don't do that math because i think it's pretty exploitational in some way like you they, i'm sure they're tricking and, kids into yeah. being like hey it's it's uh it's ash from the Evil Dead, right. I want him for twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah, that's how they got me. Yeah, I bought Giannis. I never fucking played around with him. Just like I better get this guy. Artificial scarcity—it's a yeah. whole thing. And then also, you'll always have fifty fewer V bucks than you need. So then you have to get more V bucks. That's the thing—the V buck to you know real world currency. Yeah, it's a whole. That's a whole fucking another variable they have control over. But it's so it's fun. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah, it's still fun. And you're allowed to like it, and it's so good that you're having a great time with it. Yeah. I'm I'm not just having a great time. You're having the time of your the life. The community is inspiring. Oh, God bless. Like you. God bless the community. It's a, it's a fucking like there's a full channel on our Discord that is dedicated to Fortnite and fuck is it active. Wow. I love it. Yeah. I love you guys. You're wow. the best. Wow. Well, thanks, right. Heather. Yeah, thanks, Heather. No, what nope, a nice nope, thing to say. Nope. Nope, talking hmm. to the people. I'm a woman of the people. You've never you said it to the people you don't even look at. <laughs> nope. Uh Nick, what are you playing? I have been messing around with this game called The Last Spell. This is an indie game that was developed by Ishtar Games, who are based in France. And this is by the way, Heather is eating soup as I'm talking, which is very alpha. Was that is that the what it was you say there's a tomka soup? What do you what do you say? What are you eating? Um, is that a I comic am book? eating Tom soup because <laughs> it's not a comic book, Joel. Is, my schedule is so packed that we're recording this during my lunch break from That's right. work. Uh, so I am. I pulled away from the mic so that I wouldn't be distracted. We're yeah. not. We're not distracting. We're not in the same space. It's you true. Can't smell the soup. It's true. But as you speak, I was having a mouthful of soup. Yeah, look good. I'm not shaming you for having your soup. I got my hot yeah, tea right a, here. I don't give a. What do you? You're what? I got hot tea right here. Oh, I thought I thought you had soup in a mug. I got a mug full of soup right here. He calls tomato soup hot tea. <laughs> so it's a local thing. <laughs> it's a SoCal dialect. Uh, so <laughs> the last spell is a roguelite town building slash party based tactical RPG. So kind of the combat is, you know, like an XCOM, like an Into the Breach, like a Final Fantasy Tactics. Mm -hmm. You've got party members, though, cool. that you're leveling up and giving uh, new armaments to. And, you know, you're, so you've got a, an equipment loadout for them. And then you, you're also in between tactical encounters. You are building a town, which gives additional boost mm. to your heroes and, you know, to your kind of general battlefield proficiency. So there's a lot going on in this game. I would characterize it as overwhelming. Uh, I had heard some extremely positive word of mouth about this game. I, I just heard, you know, people like, oh, this is amazing. I've sunk so many hours into it. Uh, but it is a lot to take in. There's a Yiddish word that I really like that's really useful, which is, you know, one, it means one too many things. Ungapachka. And I feel like this game is just leaning fully into Ungapachka. It's just like so much shit is going on. That said, it's really cool. It's aesthetically just, you know, 
it's it's got this gorgeous pixel art in in you know in the isometric uh, from the isometric POV. It's also got really cool music. the The score is by uh, the composer, I believe, is the Algorithm. Um, and uh, can, Matt, can we play the little, a little track from the last spell? This is Distant Memories. It's kind of chip tune, kind of thrash metal. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's real good stuff. Plays up for a little bit more. It's going to turn a little bit. It's like I'm in that club in the Matrix. Yeah. It's also kind of like if... Uh, Slayer scored a Sega CD game. <laughs> so it's really, really gorgeous to look at, really cool to listen to. It's just a lot to take in, and I feel like it's the kind of game that would completely overtake my life if I let it. Uh, I've also read that, you know, it is a roguelite, but runs are, like, super long. Like, I, I feel like the roguelites I like, it's like, hey, I, I can do a run in 25 minutes, the episode of a sitcom. And this one, you know, it's hours and hours, so... Yeah, I I don't know how much more I'm gonna commit to this. It is it is in 1.0 now. It, it was an early access for a while, so this is the you know the retail official release. Um, but I might wait a little bit to to sink too much more time, and I'm gonna mess around with it a little bit more. But anyway, all I was gonna say is, if games like it, if a hybrid of you know Darkest Dungeon, um, Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, and I'm trying to think of a of a, an RPG where you build your uh, or, or I'm thinking of some town building element and like Heroes of Might and Magic kind of like all those things kind of smushed together sounds like it appeals to you. Then this could be a game that works for you. Uh, I definitely think it's I definitely don't regret playing it. I mean, it, I think I think it's just really, really cool. It is just also just completely overwhelming. It's just a lot to take in. Wow. But it's yeah, a, it's the last pretty spell. cool. It is cool. I'm playing. I'm like, I really admire this design. I'm really impressed by all the detail that's into this. You know, it's things like it's also you'll get a character and they'll have an attribute where it's like, oh, this character is, you know, they are they are greedy and cowardly. So they have like so, they have a certain bonus that they get from each mm-hmm. of these attributes, uh, but also sometimes a certain penalty they'll have for each of these attributes that will affect their their status and. Yeah, it's just it's just so many so many fucking variables to consider. Just it's just like basically it's like they, like like it's like oops all mechanics. It's like everything <laughs> we can think of is going into this fucking game. But it's cool. Uh, Matt, what are you playing? Okay, well, I'm still playing Red Dead Redemption Two on the Steam Deck, which I'm really really just taking my time with and loving it, uh, loving it again. I should say because I I have played it before. Um, but over the weekend, I spent some time with the Diablo Four early access beta. And mm. I wanted to play that, and I yeah. was playing. I was playing this month's We Play You Play instead. Yeah, I uh, definitely should have um, played that for truly just a little bit longer, um, <laughs> which we'll get to later. But um, I, 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 the the beta window is open for this weekend for early access if you pre-ordered it, and it's uh, there's an open beta uh, this coming weekend as we record. It'll have been last weekend uh, by the time uh, this comes out, um, but. I got in there. I've only played, I've only f- completed Diablo 3. 
uh, as like a story and then like did some uh, the rifts and things like that uh, on Switch. Sure. And I have only ever really played Diablo on Switch. I got the uh, Diablo uh, 2, uh, was it not remastered, but uh, whatever it's called, resurrected uh, for, for Switch as well. Mm-hmm. But it was appealing to me to play Diablo uh, the way that it was originally played with mouse and keyboard. So I got the Diablo 4 beta running on uh, on my PC, and I immediately assessed that this is going to be a fucking problem. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun. Yeah. It's so fun to just click around. Yeah. I had wow. no fucking idea. That's the wow. whole that's like that was that's the whole like like Dia- like meme going back to like Diablo 2 is just like yeah just the in- incessant clicking sounds. It's a fucking blast. It's so great. It um you know like I don't know how much like st- like story like comes into Diablo or like what people take away from a Diablo story really. But you know, seems like same old, same old kind of thing where, like, there's a big evil that has reemerged. Yeah, that's right? that's entirely it. The yeah. story of Diablo is I watched this once the first time I play through the campaign and then yeah. skipping every cutscene and every dialogue moving forward. That's basically how most people play it. Yeah, so I'm just kind of going through there, taking it all in. Uh, there's, like, because I've never played it on, like, online even, like, mm. I, like or with other people or seeing other people in the environment. I played with you when we played the... Um, when we played the Diablo, Diablo 2, 2 Resurrected, Resurrected beta. Yeah. Um, but I'd not seen, like, just random people out in the wild. And, like, you can go while you're in between quests on um, on just, like, other little sub things that are, like, or there's, like, encounters that you can see with other people. And you can see people attacking this thing. And you'd be like, well, I'll get in the fucking mix. I'll start yeah. hitting this fucker. And then you go in there and you get all, get all this loot. So it's just, it's so fun. I can't wait for the full release. I can't wait for the... I can't wait for tomorrow to to play the new beta again, to the open uh, the open beta again. What what class were you playing? Wow. I'm sorry if I missed this. No, uh, I I rolled a um a sorcerer Fun. specifically because I wanted to see if there was a beam. Mm. I because uh, I love the beam from Diablo three. Yeah, the Diablo Immortal beam is all right, but I liked the beam from three a lot. So far, I have not encountered a beam because I mm. didn't I I didn't get to fully level up because I didn't get to spend that much time with it. It was open for. I think like 72 hours or something and you could get up to like level 25 I think um but I I think I only got to like level like 13 or something in in the amount of time that I played but I have a flamethrower which is beam adjacent but not quite not quite scratching that itch but there was a class that I want to play that wasn't available in the beta the druid class and I love oh, yeah, I, I love, love playing druid. druids in uh in Dungeons and Dragons so uh maybe when it's fully released I might reroll a uh, Reroll a druid, but uh, so far, really, really loving it. I can't wait to can't wait to squat up. Yeah, I mean, I'll plan on playing some during the open beta, hell, so hell yeah, we can let's, find some time. Let's do it because yeah. uh, it it fucking rocks. Yeah. I was like, it's so good. It's so it's so fun. It's just it's it's just fun to click around and like the the like the key the buttons are not the keys. Yeah, the, the keys that you need from the keyboard are so intuitive. You want the map? Press M. I love this. This is great. Yeah, unfortunately, you can't do that. Like, you run out at a certain point. Sure. It's like, uh, yeah. okay, M is map, I is inventory. Yeah. C is, like, character, yeah. I guess. But then a is abilities, yeah. yeah. And then at a certain point, it's like, 
Wait, wait, wait. I'm, what is doing what? Yeah. What is, you know, it's, it's, they don't all add up. And I'm not quite used to it yet. So sometimes I'm hitting Q for, um, to heal, but I actually meant to hit one. Oh, yeah. You got For an ability. Uh, and you, I'm you wasting your num, your QWERTY row for your num row. Yeah. I yeah. gotta, I gotta, I gotta, uh, yeah. do that again. But, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. I love Diablo. I didn't know. I had no idea. Great franchise, one of my favorite franchises. It's so great, and it's uh, I can't I, I I just can't wait to get back in there. But that's that's it for me, really. That's wow. all I that's all I did. And then I play, of course, played this this game. Yeah. Then hey, if you like beams, <laughs> this month's we play you play Metroid Prime Remastered. I, I'll I'll take a little bit of a of a long road into this. So Metroid ooh, Prime. Oh, I love a long road. Let me let me let me adjust my seatbelt. Yeah. Do you want to get another soup? Oh, I'll get this a second down the soup? window like halfway. It's yeah, pretty great. good. We got a long road oh. ahead of us, Ellie. <laughs> oh, Joel. Oh, it's Joel. No, this will be fun. You're gonna it's not a thing a, you have to endure. You're going to need a comic book. Endure and survive. Endure and survive. Let's no, this, do it. <laughs> this is more a trip down memory if lane. If I than were to of... lose you. So, Metroid Prime was originally released in November of 2002 for Nintendo GameCube. And you may not realize this. I didn't realize this until I read this. I knew they came out around the same time. Was released the same day as Metroid Fusion on Game Boy Advance. Holy shit. Basically, Nintendo had Super Metroid that came out in 1994. So, it's an eight-year gap between entries. And they're like, fuck it. We'll hit you with a one-two punch. Here's Metroid Prime on the home console, here's uh, here's Metroid Fusion on your handheld. There you fucking go. Two in one day. Both come out, both pretty rapturously received by the fandom and critically. Developed by Retro Studios with heavy creative input uh, from Nintendo of Japan. More on that in a second. Published by Nintendo and the director at Retro, Mark, uh, Mark Pacini. Let's start here with this Nintendo Space World 2000 demo reel. So again, for context, 1994, Super Metroid comes out, considered the apex of the series, to this day, by many fans, uh, people usually haggle over: is it is it is it Super Metroid? Is it Metroid Prime? Some there's some some Johnny Come Latelys who really like Metroid Dread, but uh, but you know the definitely at the time was considered the the you know the 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 best entry in this this fairly uh, fairly new franchise. Uh, so there there'd been this long period where there'd been no, no news on Metroid, no new games. And then this demo reel hits. This is when the GameCube is still uh, yet to be officially unveiled. So we're starting and we're seeing as this plays, Matt. There's a little bit of footage for a game that never got released, I believe. I think that was called Meowth's Party. <laughs> and now we're seeing some wave race and we're hearing the can, the, the fr- crowd reaction stare there, there to wave racers. Now here's Samus. And then shoots of the... And then we're going on to... Uh, Rogue leaders, the next one. All right, we can we can end it. But just that fucking pop, that rapturous reception to fucking Samus emerging and running down a yeah. hallway in third person, and no one has any sense of what the game is going to be at this point. No, there's no one knows. They're just like, oh my god, Samus is back. Oh my god, Nintendo has acknowledged Samus. Well, this is from somebody who's sort of new to the Metroid franchise. From what I glean, mm-hmm. it seems like every few years 
Nintendo remembers that they have Metroid. Well, okay, yes, that's a big thing. And and a big part of it, and this is this is largely in, you know, some of the retro developers have said this. Uh, this is also a thing that, that a lot of people have just inferred from Nintendo's practices is so much comes from Miyamoto. Mm-hmm. And since this is not one of Miyamoto's franchises, mm. uh, this was uh, Gunpei Yokoi, RIP, was one of the, the, the people who spearheaded Metroid, the original, back in the day. It is like like he's never really considered it on the same level as like a Mario or a Zelda or even Pikmin, like in his mind. And that's partly how it ends up in Retro's hands is that he's kind of like, I don't know, he's fucking we got Metroid. You guys can mess around with that. Looks like you're working on something similar. So, yeah, again, it hasn't been a Metroid since Super Metroid. And there was such a wild hype cycle for Metroid Prime. And so much of that had to do with people being skeptical about they've got this beloved franchise. Mm -hmm. They have this unproven American developer called Retro based in Austin that has not published a game at this point. And they're making it an FPS like like not only are they making it taking a 2D game, translating it to 3D, they're making it an FPS. There's no way this is going to fucking work. Retro themselves was founded by this uh, eccentric personality in gaming called Jeff Spangenberg. Uh, he had been an iguana who had developed a, you know, Arrow the Acrobat, a Turok Dinosaur Hunter, and they had a proof-of-concept game in development codenamed Action Adventure. Uh, it was officially named Metaforce, and it had three female protagonists. And a lot of this comes from a Did You Know Gaming uh, developer interview video, which is really, really good, and we can link that in the show description. Sure. But Nintendo was basically like, okay, this looks good, simplify it, and make it one protagonist and so they had this alien kind of cybernetic creature and at a certain point Miyamoto was like you know this is a lot like Samus this situation is a lot like Metroid just make it a fucking Metroid like, alright sure and part of that is is because they're so impressed by Retro's in-house engine their art quality and they kind of just say fuck it and Miyamoto himself actually pushed it for, for it to be first person it was originally a third person adventure uh, and you know, because they 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 then figured out camera angles. They hadn't quite figured out how uh, shooting in particular was kind of like unproven in three in three D at that point. Certainly from third person. Uh, here's a little bit of context from Miyamoto's involvement. This comes from a 2004 IGN piece that was also uh, uh, published in concert with Insider. In April of 2000, Nintendo legend Shigeru Miyamoto traveled all the way to Texas to visit Retro Studios, and he didn't drop by to chat either. Upon arrival, Mr. Miyamoto reviewed and checked up on the progress of each of Retro's many projects. Discussing the visit, one source told EGM that it was like the Emperor visiting the Death Star. He didn't seem to like any of the games very much, especially the racing title, which was probably our best looking. The impression was that he wasn't too thrilled. So he comes from a place of skepticism initially, but eventually is swayed and just kind of gives them a crack at Metroid and it being an FPS what made sense. Is this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this racing game. <laughs> well, yeah. Destroy they, it. <laughs> they had yeah, they had like a racing game in development, they had like a uh, like a football game, like an uh, an NFL game in development. They had a bunch of different things and yeah. they all kind of eventually get scrapped. <laughs> yeah. No fucking way. way. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and they end up just focusing on Metroid. The team had a lot of veterans of Western-developed FPS games like Quake, Half-Life, the aforementioned Turok, so that kind of was a, was a weirdly natural fit. And then Nintendo is so satisfied with where the game is going that shortly before its release, they bought out Retro, made it first party, and they forced out Spangenberg. Uh, and Spangenberg has a next project that he does with another, with another studio. Does either of you want to guess what it is? You won't guess it if you hadn't read it. But you want to guess? Uh, no. Crash <laughs> okay, Team Racing. Not Crash Team Racing. 
Uh, he na- he makes the guy game. <laughs> the guy wow. game for people who don't know it. This infamous game that was actually taken off of shelves. Uh, it was a PlayStation like quiz game where women would quiz you uh, with like dude questions, and if you got the answers right, they'd uh, they'd uh, dump them out. They'd flash dump them out. They dump them out. Dump them, and then they dump them out. They yeah. shit on the ground. Yeah. No, dump. No, it's. <laughs> Again, this is maybe another regionalism. Uh, you, you you pull pull your shirt up and you dump them out. Oh my god! Put yeah. them on the glass. Oh, put, boobies! Yeah, yeah, yeah. boobies! Yeah, they flash. Well, it. in in Chicago, when you dump them out, you're just shitting on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I've heard of Chicago. <laughs> Those Midwest diets. What choice do you have? So, all right. Oh. So all this context leads us to Metroid Prime Remastered. I wanna I wanna do a a, a small a small um. I don't know, footnote here. Please do. Which is that the reason I knew that these games were produced on the same day is because I was uh, evangelical about any time you could link the Game Boy link cable to a GameCube game. One of my favorite least explored features of the GameCube. And I almost bought Metroid Prime simply because you could link it up to the Game Boy Advance game and get like unlockables. Yeah, to fusion and yeah, you unlock I think new skins for Samus. Um there's there's the yeah, there's a bunch of extra content that's available just through the link cable. Uh and I don't know if that's actually present in the re- in the remaster. Uh I but I don't know how they do it. Can't, well, what are you going to like knock a switch up against a GBA? When they did Metroid Prime Trilogy, when they did that, <laughs> when they when they released that, they I think they just had it be a toggle. So that toggle might mm-hmm. be somewhere in the menus, mm. um, but I didn't look for it. Anyway, this was a surprise release for Nintendo Switch on February 8th of 2023 of this year. Uh, Retro developed the remaster along with Iron Galaxy, a developer who ported Skyrim and Overwatch to Switch. And there's also, like, if you look in the credits, there's like eight other studios that worked on it. Obviously, there's just like a ton of ton of labor that went into making this look and feel like a contemporary game, uh, which I think it does. I would say yeah. my big thing. I rolled credits on this yesterday morning. It mostly feels and plays like a fully modern game, except for a, a few things. But it mostly is just like, oh, this feels like something that could be released in 2023. It's like, oh, there's a new Metroid and this 3D Metroid here. Yeah, you go. but it was re- it was surprise released, we should say, right? But I heard they had it on their fucking shelf for like two years. Yes, this was a thing that would apparently could have been released in 2021, much like the the new Advance Wars. It's yes. like a thing that's just been sitting there for a while. Who knows what else they have? Who knows? Like Prince and his discography, just in a vault. It's true. They, just, they they could have the next four Pokemon games. Well, at the state that they come out nowadays, maybe they maybe they are just putting them out. Yeah, the way that they are. Now I think they begin work on a new Pokemon game, like about six weeks out from release. <laughs> oh fuck! But let's scramble and make this happen. It's just it's wild to think about that they had this something this good. It's yeah. something that people would really want. And they're just like, oh, we'll just hold on to that. And we'll work on it in secret also. Everything about this company is so inscrutable and bizarre, but, you know, whatever. They make they make awesome shit that you just feel like you have to play, and this is one of those. I mean, it's One thing I'll say is that the you, you, having played this back in the day, the modern control scheme is transformative. And if you try to play this with the OG control scheme, it's just... It feels so strange. Mm-hmm. After, mm-hmm. you know, 20 years of playing other console fps games with the you know two stick controls one stick for movement one stick for looking 
it feels so bizarre to have one dedicated stick for movement and turning. Like it's like it's not it's not strafing. It's for your turning in place, and then it, like you have to hold down a button to look around, and uh, yeah, and and then if you lock onto something, that's the only way you can strafe. Every element of it feels really unnatural. Uh, and then playing it with the with the you know the twin sticks, being able to to move like a normal FPS, but also having the lock on, I think it actually it 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 works really well. It feels it feels contemporary, but it also feels like the original game. Uh, yeah, so I I never played the original. I remember being aware of it and 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 thinking that looks cool, but I just didn't have a GameCube. And I also wasn't like um when I was playing games when I was younger, FPS would have turned me off. I was not really into FPS at all, and even still now, it's not my favorite. But I'll do it like, and I don't really have a problem doing it. So like getting to this, I was like, oh, I I wish. I wish my life, I had lived my life having played this before. It's so, it, it, I I don't know. I, you, I, I was blown away by it. But you can play it now. And you know what, Matt? Who You know who was skeptical about FPS games on consoles back in 2002? Fucking everybody. Yeah. Like, you know, like yeah. everyone who had a Nintendo console was just like, this isn't going to work. This isn't Metroid. This is good. They're going to fucking ruin it. There were, they, this, that, that this came in with so much negative buzz and skepticism mm-hmm. and was able to still come out and be undeniably good is just it's a, it's a, it's a triumph of uh, of their de- for their development team but yeah until honestly until Halo which is the previous year there really wasn't a con- a console FPS that worked you could say GoldenEye but GoldenEye was its own unique thing also there's another thing we were just yes. talking about before when we were having lunch beforehand Matt yeah a 5 year gap between GoldenEye which we covered last month and Metroid Prime which comes out this month which feels it it's just like this is uh, it, it's like a full generation of of hardware obviously but just like that plus 5 years of development is able to result in this from that it just feels like an an uh, amazing like a huge goal it's like there's like three lifetimes in between yeah. somehow it's it's unbelievable the oh. the difference like a game wow. from 5 years ago now is like what like Uncharted Three? Exactly. Well, no, <laughs> not I, even that. Honestly, no. It's like Red Dead Redemption Two. <laughs> yeah, honestly. yeah, yeah. Like it's like it's like the, this that that still feels like a like a the, this the gap is just hard to wrap your mind around in contemporary yeah. terms. Uh, can I can yeah. I can I insert a hot take here about Please this do. game? It's fucking good. Oh, I love it. This, I love to hear it. This. I'm fucking pumped. <laughs> Let, let's back it up for a second, because Heather, this is you're not someone. Matt is is pretty new to the Metroid franchise. This is a franchise I've loved since the NES. Heather, you're fairly new to Metroid. Yeah, zero percent Metroid. Zero percent Metroid. Okay, good. I, I played the I played the NES version at some point, and I was like, "Woof, this is not for me." Yeah. And then I played the Super NES version. And I was like, "Nope, still not for me." Mm-hmm. Skipped this, even though I considered it because of the link cable. <laughs> And I was like, I gotta, I gotta get any game they will use a link cable. Yeah, skipped it. Never played anything. No Metroid since. No Metroid in some from two thousand two till now. And Matt, this is your first like three D Metroid. Your first of the Prime sort of series. Yeah, my my very first Metroid was oddly enough the um, Metroid Prime, not Metroid Prime, uh, Metroid Samus Returns three D for the three DS. Okay, that was the first one I got. I never finished it, um, but I, I want to get back into that. I wouldn't play Metroid again until uh, Metroid Dread, mm-hmm. and then I I got through Metroid Dread. I also have not beaten that. I, I'm at the final boss. I did it basically, but I haven't I haven't taken down the the final boss. And then 
I, I, I completed Zero Mission on uh, my Analog Pocket and uh, started Fusion, but I might pick Fusion back up on um, Nintendo Switch Online uh, just because you can yeah like rewind and and, and stuff. But uh, this yeah, this is my first 3D Metroid, and I what's shocking to me about it is that it doesn't feel like a first-person shooter game. It feels like a Metroid game still. Like, it feels like you're doing Metroid. That's the triumph of this design. Yeah. Is that, and from what I what I heard of the development and what I read about the development is they just spent so much time just playing the shit out of all the previous Metroids. And they really figured out how to translate all the Met, the 2D Metroid conventions to 3D so elegantly. Mm-hmm. To, to, to the point where it's just like things that, that shouldn't make sense they shouldn't have been able to do it, but like the morph ball is yeah. like this. The morph ball feels so good and also so recreates what it was like to play to use the morph ball in 2D. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, doors, even like, you know, shooting to open doors is like a yeah. thing that's just like, how are they going to do those bubble doors? You just look at all the stuff that, that they did in the 2D Metroids. It's like, this seems impossible. It's not exactly the same because they have this hexagonal shape that they figured out as a way to approximate that, uh, you know, and uh, and it's a different sort of animation. But it still like feels like those games. It's still yeah. the same sort of phenomenon. Even fucking Metroids, the titular Metroids, like they they did a good job of recreating in in three D. Yeah, I'd like to compare and contrast the execution of the Metroid feeling in Metroid Prime with this clip from Captain N, the Game Master, a Saturday morning cartoon that also <laughs> featured Metroid characters. And I think what we're about, what we're about to see here is uh, from an episode. Uh, about Mother Brain from Metroid. I have not previewed this. It may be offensive. Let's find out live together. Great. Mom, Dad! It's all fake! (laughs) All of it! Huh? I am very real! Mother Brain! Uh. Yeah, why they gave Mother Brain that voice? It's I think it's Audrey too from Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, that's what they're evoking. Inspired. King Hippo and Egg Pat Wizard were just pretending. Eggplant Wizard from from for Kid Icarus is there as well as King Hippo from Punch Out. Captain and the Game Master was a uh, a short-lived Saturday morning show that mashed together uh, Nintendo IP with no oversight. Right. So it's just chaos. It's I mean, they, They've got, like, it's third-party characters, too. Like, Simon Belmont is in it and Mega Man. They all look yeah. like shit. They all sound yeah. nothing like you think the characters should sound like. And then the yeah. main character is this, like, preppy teen in a letterman's jacket with an N on it. It's every part of it is is nonsense. The thing about this is that if they made something like this today, it would also suck. <laughs> it would still, it would still yeah. be so fucking bad. If it was like the Mandalorian and like Homer Simpson and uh, you know whoever else, yeah. So like, you so Space Jam is what you're describing. Yeah, yeah. It's never been good, but the only time that it's worked is, um, uh, of course, Who Framed Roger Rabbit and the Chip and Dale's movie sure. did a pretty good job with it as well. Yeah, it worked. Um. So back to my previous point. This game's fucking good. Yeah. I love to hear this from you. And there was a uh, an energy in these mid-2000s games that I've talked about here on the show before, about lonely gaming. Uh, and I 
feel like Metroid Prime is immensely lonely. Like it is, uh, there's like a sort of melancholy to how like these spaces that you're in and these puzzles are all like from dead people Mm -hmm. or like the once, the only flashes you get of yourself are like in the reflection of your visor during an explosion. Still an awesome like effect, it's by the way. Really great. Excellent effect. But like it's a it is a like you, you compare it with sort of the like jingoistic patriotism of a halo, where it's like you're fucking like rocking through these spaces and people are talking to you and they're like, Master Chief, you gotta you gotta blow the dick off that guy. Use uh-huh. the warthog. Like it's like there's like a like a bravado to it that isn't present in this game. And it, it it is as much the feeling of controlling the game, exploring these spaces, scanning fucking everything because it's there. Why wouldn't you scan it? Yes. Like that's the game. It's a, it's a interactive Wikipedia. Like, Oh fuck. I'm, I want to scan that. I want to like, I'm scanning a fucking light bulb and it's like, this is a light bulb. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. That's my favorite but, when you're trying to, if you're trying to complete all the, the scanning, you reach to a certain point where you're just like, oh, I guess I'll just scan this health capsule. And it, you know, like you're just scanning the most, uh, the most benign things yeah. in the game. But, but yeah, I, it, you're, I, you're right. Feeling of loneliness. Keep going. I went in thinking this is not the game for me. Mm-hmm. And despite my, uh, my inability to finish the game in the time allotted, I fucking loved it. I'm so and thought I'm about really it and was this. shocked. I was worried I that we liked, did something bad to you. <laughs> no, man, I liked locking on the fucking enemy. Like, I, I love lock-on technology in a first-person shooter. Yes, it's like, it's awesome. Man, this feels both like Zelda and Halo, Call of Duty, whatever, simultaneously. You don't have to lock on, but you can. And it feels like a like a cool experience of, 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 of fighting. It feels great. It also feels like you're taking advantage of the of you know like like you're in the suit and yeah. you know like the the HUD being part of Samus's reality. Like all that sort of like tr- like it like it, it it makes sense in the world and the lock on sort of works in the same way of like oh this is letting me track where you know Meta Ridley is even when I when I can't uh, I can't see them like like that's part of it. That's something maybe my computer could do my onboard computer my suit. But yes, back to your feeling of isolation. That's what what I think the game does so well is to your Halo in comparison. Aside from from the the latent jingoism in that in that franchise and the you know authoritarianism baked into it, there's Cortana, there's NPCs, yeah. Yeah. there's yeah. dialogue. None of that yeah. is present in this game. It's all like emergent storytelling from you know reading logs from exploring your environment from scanning things making inferences based off of the architecture of what individual room you're in all that stuff just comes about from you being by yourself and having no one to talk to the closest thing you come uh, to encounter to being you is uh you know space pirates who don't even speak your language yeah and yeah. and so it's it, yeah it, it it is it, it, it that is i think like kind of the great feeling of just kind of being lost in space that this game uh evokes so well and and, and uh, yeah that's a, that's a really good point Heather. 
Um, the the just talking about the, the other things this game does well. No franchise, and what I one thing I love about Metroid, the word biome is overused in discussion about gaming, but no franchise does biomes like Metroid. Mm-hmm. Like when you go into the lava zone, you go into the ice zone. It, it it's the same. They like they do that so so well here. Uh, the environments feel so different. And also, I, I like structurally the the design of this particular world. When you're like, okay, I'll just I'm just gonna slide in for a little bit. I'm just gonna get a taste of this biome. But really, this is just a little like this is just my shortcut to this next biome where I'm really gonna spend some time. Then yes. I'm gonna come back to it when I have some abilities I can use that can allow me to more fully explore this first one. So you're gonna get a taste of what you're going to to explore next. And they do that throughout, and it, it it's it's really well paced. I so much of it just feel like. Just to like even just go back a second, like Heather describing the feel of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a. I mean, I love the double jump in Elden Ring. This is a fantastic double jump in this. It, game. It's a great double jump, but the platforming doesn't really feel great until you get the double jump. Yes. But once you get the double jump, you're like, oh, I can really move here. Yeah. And again, it kind of makes a little bit more sense than it does in other games. It's like, oh, it's the space jump. It's something that I use to outfit my my suit. Yeah. If I, I get it. And then you sort of get, you do get slight cosmetic changes as you go along and you get more upgrades too. Um, the, um, I think the gravity suit is a really slick looking suit. It's got some purple. It's got some blue. It's it's really, really nice. Yeah, that one's really sharp. Uh, that Phazon suit is no slouch either. Though. I'm getting close to it. Yeah. I, I, I I'm 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 I didn't I just came shy of completing it. But but this yeah. is yeah. But this also speaks to it, and we'll get back to that in a second. But this also speaks to like kind of the development of this game, which is so much of it was like, oh, we're, it's going to be third person, and it ends up being a first person game. But they have this amazing character model of Samus that they still want to show off, but they show off just a little bit. Like you don't yeah. see Samus from from outside of your perspective, from first person perspective, all that often. But when you do, it's like this model is stunning. Yes, and it's it kind of defined what Samus looked like in 3D. I mean, it's certainly what it, what what she looks like in Smash Brothers. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, all of this works because it also just looks great too. Like yes, it it, it just they did, they did a really stellar job bringing this to uh, modern hardware, and it's maddening. It's 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 maddening that they held on to it for so long and also didn't release the other two. Well, yeah, and also that that just like they they like oh they have the Metroid Prime trilogy that they release and they're just like okay that's that's enough of that we'll yeah. just not worry about 3D Metroids for a while yeah um you know and Metroid Prime Four supposedly is going to come out at some point though who knows D- do you have you, you you guys there's also like a like speaking of the detail mm-hmm. level in this game and like the the model that you never really get to see but when you like all of that shit right mm-hmm. so there are different icons for each of the powers that you acquire for your shooter i don't know what the fuck the weapon itself is called your blaster right and each of these icons the power beam the wave beam the ice beam etc have uh what looks to be like almost like hands that describe them when you get the x-ray ability in in metroid you can look at your arm and she's making those gestures inside of the gun in order to use those powers. It's a completely unnecessary level of polish that you always admire when you like pick up on it. It's like, holy shit. Like, they really did not have to do this. They, they really didn't have to do it. Yeah. They, they super fucking didn't have to do it. Power beams kind of throwing up the horns. Pretty, pretty sick. 
Don't even get me fucking started on beams, dude. This game, <laughs> they got a beam for everything. They sure do. It's awesome. And that, that was the, the really fun thing about this game is that, like, yeah, like, it's an exploration game. Like, so that sort of is, like, a puzzle aspect of it. But I don't ever feel like it gets, like, too puzzly because you sort of know that you're going to come back, right? Like, you sort of... Like it, it definitely is that. Yeah, it, it, it's there. It's it's. The, I, I wish there was a good word for it. Maybe some some journalist is or critic has cracked this. But mm-hmm. like, there's like the kind of puzzles that you encounter that aren't really puzzles. They're just like obstacles. They're like near puzzles. Yes. It's like I know exactly what I need to do here. I just maybe don't have what I need to do it. Or you know, and, and there's a lot of that in this game. Like I would get to a spot. And be like, oh, I can't wait to come back to this. Like, yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to be able to do to get over there. Uh, and then you find out you get a grapple gun and you can go across a fucking lake of magma. Yes. Uh, well, I, I think that's a big part of what makes Metroid games, the Metroidvania genre so satisfying. And why that loop works for me so well is just like, just you're, you're continually getting like, oh, I'm going to come back here. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I can't do that yet, but I'm going to get to do that at some point. And you kind of like put all these things into your brain and into your, it, it, like into the, 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 your, your neural map of the game world. Yeah. And then you can return to those spots later. And it's, it's so satisfying to, you know, traverse back in the opposite direction and, 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 cl- and clean up and collect all that stuff. What do you think about this, about mm-hmm. like the Metroid franchise? Like there are, like, you know, there's three Metroid Primes. There are five, I think, Metroid, um, like, just regular Metroid games, if, if you don't count, like, Zero Mission, which is a remake, right? Or sure. a few, uh, or even Samus Returns. There's, they, a lot of these other Nintendo properties, they have a lot more games. Like, I don't know how many Kirby games there are. I don't know how many, I mean, Zelda has quite a few games, but they're all pretty good. This may be a bad analogy, because everything I'm thinking of is Nintendo, and they're all really good. <laughs> There are so few <laughs> Metroid games, there aren't enough of them to be bad. I know that the other M is supposedly not great, um, but yeah. they're all pretty like pretty well received as a franchise. I think it's a it's a it's a banger franchise. It's a formula they've ironed out, and even the spinoffs, like you know the Metroid Prime Hunters and Metroid Prime yeah. Pinball, are like still kind of interesting. Um, the the I want to go back to to the environmental storytelling thing, which we were touching on a second ago. Mm-hmm. So I just really like how you're going through all the logs and you're sort of learning both, you know, in parallel tracks, what's going on with the Chozo, who are kind of this ancient Rito-like race uh, who inhabited mm-hmm. uh, this planet, and then also the space pirates. And also just like, the, when anytime you get elements of what they, how they perceive Samus or what they think of Samus, like coming through those, where it's like the Chozo, there's like a hint of like, they're kind of foreseeing Samus, they're kind of foreseeing a human coming, being like a Messiah-like creature to free them from the worm. And then there's also like these space pirates are kind of having these I am legend reactions towards Samus. Yeah. Just like, well, shit, we got to figure this out. We got to like, like we're, we're going to adapt some of her technology for our own super soldiers. All that stuff stuff is really cool and like centers the player in like a just a really interesting way uh i i i love how all of that is developed i i've played a lot of the metroid games and i still feel like i just don't know shit about the lore because it's just so complicated and (laughs) it's also like so like it's it's trickled out you have to really be paying attention and pick and piece stuff together on your own and it was funny to to as i was as i was doing some prep for this episode to read some of the stuff where it's like 
Retro, the developer, were like, okay, well, this is like a Gaiden. This is like its own thing. This is this is like a spinoff series. And then Nintendo kind of comes in later and is like, no, this is canon. Uh, this goes in between Metroid 1 and 2. And they're yeah. just like, oh, all right. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> there's, also an L- there's also a little thing where it's like Nintendo... Because Samus has always been like a bounty hunter, yeah. And so the and Retro is like okay, a bounty hunter, like Boba Fett, like sure, like yeah. Uh, she's she's in it for the money. She's this is a capitalist enterprise for her, you know. And then Nintendo's like, wait, no, that's not no. She she's she's altruistic, yeah. So like, wait, so she's an altruistic bounty hunter, like Dog the Bounty Hunter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing about that. Mm-hmm. She doesn't do that. Like, uh, you're not really collecting bounties. No, you're not. You're, she's not really bounty hunter at all. And it makes you kind of think, like, I wonder if it was just a translation thing where they were like, Maybe, okay, bounty yeah. hunter is like a space adventurer. That's how they were sure, thinking of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You also, you told me something that you had learned in uh, one of these lore videos. Oh, yeah. They're t- I, there's there's a Metroid manga that I haven't read, but apparently in one of them it's revealed uh, in, uh, canonically that Samus, uh, Samus Aaron's parents are named Rod Aaron and Virginia Aaron. <laughs> 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 Love it. Hey, hey, Rod. Yes, Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> what should we name our daughter? Karen? Kelly? Samus. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, the beams you were talking about, freeze beams, so great. Uh, yes. Another thing that they just like it. It's it. It feels like how it feels in two D. They did a great job of just uh, you recreating that. So satisfying to freeze something and shatter it with a missile. The fucking never gets old. It's, Love that. It's so it's such a it, it's a funny thing to think about. From the other side of it. Yeah. Like, if you freeze a space pirate and they're like, oh, shit, I'm frozen. And then you blow them up. They're like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) But you could also use that to, like, your advantage, too. Like, I learned that you can freeze those flamethrowers. That's so cool. That's such a great... And, like, because there's these timed flamethrowers in this, like, in the lava area that pose a threat to you. If, you know, they're sort of like you have to time... Your 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 navigation th- toward a uh, through a tunnel with uh, these flamethrowers, but you don't have to do that if you just fucking freeze them. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and I also love that some of these space pirates too. Some of these enemies have uh, you have to use a specific gun on them. Like you can't just get go through the entire game with one gun. Uh, you can uh, you have to like be really being like oh that's what a, that's a wave. Uh, pirate. I gotta use my wave gun on the wave pirate. I gotta use my uh, my power beam on the on the other one. It rocks. Yeah, and and to Heather's point about scanning, it's like you pick that up through scanning them. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole thing of just like, okay, you're in a combat encounter. You have to take a second to make yourself vulnerable and just bring, uh, uh, bust out your scan visor and yeah. scan an enemy, and that will maybe give you some sort of clue as to their vulnerabilities. And yeah, you learn all of these soldiers super soldiers that are using your weapons against you are vulnerable to those same weapons so it, yeah it kind of forces your hand out of just like you just spamming super missiles or whatever yeah which you don't want to do because sometimes resources can be scarce that's another thing and, and speaking of scarce the one thing that i wish they had updated with this remaster in terms of just making it more approachable to modern gamers is oh man I, no, no let me let me let me finish I, I, okay uh, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to say what I feel. Okay. That's why I, I'm like, oh, man. Well, may, well, we might have opposite feelings here. This will be interesting. I'm just going to say it. 
Okay. I love that there's no fast travel. I love that you have to make your yep. way through all these environments. I think that's so cool. Yes. And it makes me be like, I, I wish there would be more games that would dare to make the player walk through these environments and just like allow, uh, include more goodies that you'll get through uh, via retroversal. Yes. I wish they had some sort of update to the save system. I don't know exactly. what that is mm-hmm. of like in terms of adding like adding more save rooms probably impractical. They got to redo the world. But maybe just like I don't want to say just like because it's never a trivial thing in game development. These things can have all sorts of external effects. They can break other things when it seems like a minor addition. But I like just just a pitch I had. Every time you like acquire a key item, if there was just an auto save, mm-hmm. or if you acquire like a missile expansion or an energy tank, if there was just an auto save there, you know, just little things to make it so that you don't necessarily yeah. have to have a yeah. 60 minute chunk of gameplay between save points. And if you die between those save points, and if you're playing this game for the first time, you be, you you probably will die a few times. I certainly died uh, revisiting it. You, you, you really, it's, it's an old school system where you lose everything if you die. It's not like, it's like, oh, well, I keep the missiles I collected and I keep the items that I found between save points, but I got to restart the save points. Like, no, you have to do all that shit again. So that can be, I think, very tedious for people who are used to modern conveniences. And the also the save points are so far apart that, yeah, I would have liked something where some sort of a nod to modernism there. Just a checkpoint autosave. That would be so, an autosave would have been so huge. Uh, Because even like. I don't mind it. It, No, I mean, like, I don't mind your complaint. I completely agree with it like I, uh, that was my complaint yeah because like they they updated the controls you yeah know, like that and yep. that, that felt like pretty modern like that was the sort of the one thing that was like i was trying to get through a lot of it yesterday and there's that chunk uh in in the phase on mines where it's like an hour between saves that that, like, that in particular is the point where i was like this is excessive it's brutal it was like this is so fucking hard yeah and then i also just got to a point where i got through that got to a save but I didn't have any more power um, bombs, and I needed a power bomb to proceed. So I had to go back, and I went back so far, just like shooting every crate I could find, shooting any every enemy I could find, to get one power bomb. Yeah, because the drop rates for power bombs—it's not necessarily like, oh, well, okay, they know you're depleted, so they're going to drop more power bombs. Yeah. It's like, no, you just might have to play for twenty minutes before you even find one. Yeah, that that sort of shit is kind is is a little bit annoying. That could be another thing where maybe there's a mode where, hey, maybe there's a retro mode, you know, that's like this plays like the old way, and now there's a modern, more modern mode. I didn't see what casual difficulty was, and I don't remember if that was what was that was also in the original game. So maybe this does this. But if there was a mode where it's like, yeah. hey, when you save, it refills all your missiles and bombs. Even like that would have been helpful. I have the Samus um, Metroid Dread Amiibo, mm-hmm. and when you use that in um, Metroid Dread, it refills your um, health and weapons, and I wish I could have used it for this. If they would have just been like, hey, you could use that Amiibo for this, too. Yeah. It would have been, been nice, <laughs> and you know, dual-purpose Amiibo. And it's funny, because you, you mentioned that Phase on Mines section, and as I was saying to you, Matt, when we were having lunch beforehand... Yeah. I think that's the highlight of the game. Like it's, I think that's that's such a great chunk of gameplay. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Which is also it's so rare for that to happen that deep into get into progression, where it's like basically the third act of the game is like holy shit, it's yeah. all it's firing on all cylinders and, here. And, and the thing you got to know about this part of the game, Heather, you get to this point, mm. and you have you have some upgrades. You have like a handful of upgrades when you get to this point, but then in this section of the game, you get. Like five more upgrades. Get like a barrage of upgrades. (laughs) They give you so many at like this late in the game. You're sort of like, oh shit, 
I thought it was wrecking house before. Yeah. Now I'm <laughs> fucking everybody up. I have a fucking uh, plasma gun that melts people. Yeah, that gun's it, great. It's so good. But that all that all comes in like there's like a boss fight, you know, with one yeah. of the phase on elites like in the middle of it, and then you play for like another thirty minutes, and then there's that puzzle with like electric electricity and that the, 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 that maze. Yeah, it's like you're on one ass cheek doing that, and you get the power bomb. Then you finally have access to a save point. Yeah, it's just a little too much. I mean, we're 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 we're, we're probably dwelling on this point a little bit but 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 i think that's the thing the one thing that makes it not super approachable for people playing for this for this in a modern sense my favorite puzzle in that section and mm-hmm. in uh a subsequent section there are these puzzles where you have the spider ball which gives you the power to roll upward uh in um you know on a wall it feels awesome it feels great but then there's this puzzle that where you do that for it's like 15 minutes. It's like a quite a long stretch of uh puzzle. Is this in Magmore? Yes. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're sort of like on this wall and there are gaps in between the other tracks so you have to like bomb your way onto another one or in some cases drop and hope that you magnetize at the right time when you get to the other one. And yes. I, I I was like I wish this was the whole game. No, I, the, <laughs> I love this. That section's great, and it's got like a kind of a great fuck you at the end of it, which is that you're right over a rock pile, yes. and you have to like power bomb that. But if you don't, if you just try to drop on the rock pile, you'll fall off into the lava at the very end. It happens. It's great. It yeah, can happen to me. <laughs> uh, I I think all that said, I think the actual end game is a bit of a slog because mm-hmm. after you finish all this, you got to find all these artifacts and you got to go through the whole world and and collect them. Um, which was I feel like that was a big Heather. This was a big like GameCube or just that era of gaming convention. I feel like it's like here's the end of the game. I mean, Wind Waker has this. It's like go visit the whole world and get something from all of the like 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 this is your this is your bit of cleanup because it's just a little tedious. I luckily yeah. have gotten some of those, a lot of them. Um, I think I have eight of the twelve. Yeah, at the point that I'm at, and uh, but I know that I missed a couple. Early on, that I'm going to be like, where the fuck are these? Well, and also some of them are you need the late game armaments yes. in order to and abilities in order to unlock them, even if they're in earlier areas. And then also like I feel like the fi- the final bosses are both just kind of bullet sponges. They're not even like with with very limited vulnerability windows, and it's less challenge and more just like tedium, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is which is just a little bit. But it's it's such a minor thing because the rest of the game I think rips so much. Can can we play uh, do a little bit about the uh, the music real quick? Yeah, uh, I I just want to play. I got a few tracks here. Let's let's just play a couple because I, I know we're we're going over time. Uh, let's play the the this is I think what the the track that everyone remembers. Fendrana drifts uh, main theme. Music is by Kenji Yamamoto, who has been with the franchise I think since the beginning. Developed done a lot of music for Nintendo and then also Koichi Kiyuma. This is the Snow World. That's just good. It's good, good ass shit. And then also a, a higher energy track. Let's play the Talon Overworld Depths. You come back to Talon in the late game, and it's got a little bit more te- of an intense feel. Ooh. Fucking. Y2K sounding. I was going to say, it sounds like the music for like a DVD menu. 
so good. It's good as shit. Learning more about your Toyota. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know the power windows can be set into low and medium locked positions? (laughs) It's also got really good sound design. I think just all the all the alien creatures, all the you know the the ambiance, the 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 beam sounds, the grappling, uh, you know that the the sounds that are kind of like have been with the series since the beginning, like the bomb dropping sound. Uh, they updated in in a in a really cool way. It's it's all uh, yeah. It's all, all an audio visual delight. This, for me, is an absolute all timer. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a staggering masterpiece. It's one of those things where you just like you you read about its development and and how many people were involved and uh, it, it, that that was able to come together as it as it as it is. It's it's kind of a miracle in the same way that GoldenEye was. It's like it kind of doesn't make sense why this was able to come together and yet it did. I don't want to push too much. Metroid on you, Heather. But I feel like if you liked this in your limited play, I think you really might like Metroid Dread. Because Metroid Dread has some of the quality of life things that we're talking about, like sort of like auto saves and stuff, and you don't have to go all mm-hmm. the way back. Mm-hmm. But okay. it has the challenge of like a Souls-like game that I think you <laughs> might enjoy. I also like how we're talking about like to, to Heather of like yeah the the limited time you spent with it she's talking about the X-ray visor which means you spent like yeah. ten to twelve no, hours with the game <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're probably just behind me yeah like you're, you're oh I only read read six hundred pages of this eight hundred page book so I don't know <laughs> I don't really know what yeah. I'm talking about uh, but the uh, speaking of the X-ray great a great visor. It's sick. The visors are sick, and that that's like the one, like, okay, we're in 3D, we're from Samus's perspective, let's mess around with this, and uh, this is like the new technological element, and it, it works really well. And and I think if, if, if you know, it maybe gets a point where it feels a little overused, where it's like, it's some of this is just like, well, this is a twenty-year-old game. What do what you know? What do we expect? Some of this is 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 just byproducts of the era. But there are things where it's like, ah, I maybe wish they there was a shortcut here, or maybe once you clear out this area where there's low light, and you have to use the heat visor, the thermal visor. Yeah. When you return to it, maybe it's just full wash, so you don't have to switch to that visor. But it is really cool that when when it's used, I wish there was like a and it hot, looks great, like a like a way to do like um because I don't think it's like too cumbersome to switch between guns or switch between visors like on the fly but i wish it was a little smoother like there was like mm. um like even like cycling through guns and like the last of us is pretty quick yeah you have to sort of like really like hold down another button and then press a direction but if you accidentally don't hold the right button down you press the direction that you're going you're switching visors it's just too similar of a mechanic uh or uh, too similar of a like of a of an input uh, so I wish it was just like a little bit different or like there was another way to like cycle through guns like with a trigger or something. That's the kind of thing where I think that's just a byproduct of it being on the yeah. GameCube where originally you're doing all that with a C stick. But yeah. now you're using the right stick to look. So it's been remapped and it feels a little clunky. Yeah. I, I'm I'm yeah. with you. Um, I, I can, I, can I read a little bit? I, I know I know I've been I've been talking Please. a lot, but I, I have a little bit from our buddy Gene Park uh, who ranked all the Metroid games upon the release of Dread. And this is just a little excerpt of him putting Metroid Prime as number one on the list. To this day, there is no game quite like Metroid Prime. 
Rather than copying the first-person shooter formula that remains popular today, Prime implemented a lock-on feature that accomplished many things, including allowing player freedom and movement during combat, narrowing the experience to dodging and movement rather than precision. Dodging does feel really good in this game, too. Uh, This lock-on mechanic extended the game's visor scan, which became a far better way to convey environmental storytelling beyond the tired audio log trope established by System Shock in 1994. That's the brilliance of Metroid Prime. It was a meaningful, polished innovation on immersive first-person storytelling, all while retaining the character, action, mystery, and pacing of a Metroid game. Well said. Yeah. Thanks, Gene. Extremely well said. Guy should be a writer. He's a smart dude. Yeah. 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 Yeah, He's smart. It's cool. Funny. Is it? Compare that to to my review of Metroid Prime from 2002. Doesn't exist. Well, yeah, it doesn't exist. And there goes my bit. Oh. (laughs) Sorry. I thought thought you wanted me to do it. I was so in, in, just enraptured in the in the concept. I feel like I've been I've been uh, annoyingly dominating the conversation here, and also have not like I there's been so much shit I've missed too. It's this is this is one of those daunting games to talk about. Um, it's hard to talk about it in a way where not where everything you say about it isn't just this fucking rocks. This is cool. This rules. I I love it when the three of us all like a thing. Yeah, it's it's not. All and and there were moments in this where I was like, it better not be a fucking puzzle. But it's not a puzzle. They're like environmental obstacles. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's not like, oh fu-, like like the you know, oh, I'm gonna need to get some power up to be able to do this is different from I'm gonna need to go be- find a fucking like key card off of a like that shit. Yeah. Yeah. There are things where it's like, oh, I got to I got to scan yeah. four talismans here. But that's still like also just kind of a satisfying bit of exploration. And it's not really like a yeah. puzzle in the, the, yeah, the, the they're, traditional they're, sense. It's like, oh, I need to explore more is different from there's an artificial. Like, I, I don't know how to just like it's it's I don't have to like set up like a microscope. To be able to beam of sunlight into a coin, yes, yeah. So that like a gear, cha- like I don't need that shit. I mean, I do need that shit, but I like that it's not in this game. Yeah, me too. And also, when you when you solve one of those, you get that really side. Ding, 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 ding. That's really good. Yeah, some great little stingers in this game. Some great stingers, and I'm not even talking about the bugs. <laughs> There's bugs in there. A lot of bugs. Yep. No shortage of bugs. Big bug game. <laughs> Is there anything I missed? Anything that anyone wants to touch on? I mean, I, I was just thinking about this. We talked about scanning earlier. Yeah. Scanning is so fun. It's super satisfying. <laughs> it's, like it's, it's the homework part of the game, and it still rules. Like, it's it's really fun. Well, I'm I, I, trying to figure out, like, what crack, why that is. It's like, it's, it's like finding something scannable is satisfying. Locking onto it is satisfying. That bar filling up, that little bit of, like, oh, it's, it's going gonna to find out. And then you get the reward of that being revealed. And because, like, the thing about... That it's like bar, four rewards. Yeah, that thing about that bar filling up too is that it doesn't take too long. No. It, it, it's exactly the right amount of length to fill it up. You're like, okay, good. But then sometimes there's five things in front of you to scan and you're like, I'm at a fucking buffet here. This yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to learn so much and not retain any of it because it's a lot of it is inscrutable. Yeah. Um, but it is, I, I, I just love the, I love the vibe. The aesthetics are good. 
Uh, but the um, it's just it's just it's just an all timer. It's just I I don't know what else to say about it other than it's maybe it's it's skyrocketing to top five for me. It's unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I like I was even like ah, should we even cover it? And Matt, you kind of pushed for us to cover it. I'm glad right. you did because I because I I pro- I might not have played through all the way uh if you hadn't, but I'm I'm really glad I I, I saw the sucker through to the end uh, uh, this playthrough. Heather, any other other thoughts? Nope. I, I think we, we've covered a, a, a wide variety of thoughts about this surprisingly quality game. Um, I, Metacritic has the best of GameCube, right? Uh, like their, their rankings. Uh, they have Metroid Prime as number one, just based off of Metascore. Uh, Resident Evil 4, number two. Zelda Twilight Princess, number three. Wind Waker, number four. When I think of best GameCube game, I think I probably still say Smash Brothers Melee, but I Metroid Prime is maybe number two. I might have said Resident Evil 4. I mean, maybe I'll be back to saying Resident Evil 4 after we play that remaster, but it's it's arguably the best game on a console that had a lot of really, really strong games. It's a great little system. Great system. I wish I had been a GameCube guy. This is making me regret not having a GameCube. Yeah. What are you going to do? Can't go back. Never too late. Endure and survive. <laughs> hey, it's time for the You Play portion of our We Play You Play. It's the your review crew, the Ryu crew. Hello, All right, these are all sourced from our Discord, discord.gg slash get played. So here we go. I'm just going to start reading these off. This one's from Cam. One of my favorite games growing up until I had to go underwater, and it was then one of my least favorite games growing up. Cam doesn't like going underwater. Well, the underwater sucks until you get the gravity suit. Yes. Because you also can't see shit. You can't see. That's you, the, the movement a, is slow. Yeah, the rest of the, the chant I hear at indie wrestling shows when guys are doing a spot in the audience and you, 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 you can't see it from your angle because they're on the ring anymore, and everyone's like, can't see shit. Can't see shit. That's how you feel underwater. That that there is there is a thing. Like again, it's the platforming feels a little clunky until you get the double jump. The underwater feels really bad until you get the gravity suit. But I mean, that's part of why you feel powerful when you do get those things. But I I, I understand. Yeah. I totally understand that from a, from a, a younger it person's would, perspective. It would stop me. You know, sure. I'd be like, oh, I'm done with this. Yeah. But I know that. I mean, I had an exercise to do. I had to finish this thing, and I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm very close. I I think. When I go home tonight and I start playing it, I'm going to finish it. I'm going to finish it today. Let me know when you do. Yeah, it might be tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> in the next 48 hours, the game will be completed. Uh, this next one is from Metrogvania Enthusiast. It's good, but they should have released the trilogy wholesale instead of piecemeal. And I agree, but Nintendo's going to Nintendo. They're, if they can release each of these for 40 bucks a piece, they're going to fucking do it. Yeah, and I'm... I'll buy them all like a yeah. fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Nintendo, you want your 80 bucks? Come take it from me gladly. <laughs> um, this one's from Go-Kart Mozart. If a Metroid wore shoes, would it put one on every claw or just one big shoe? Hmm. Like it kind of like like tuck itself into a shoe like the in Super Mario Brothers 3 like yeah, a giant I think over, something oversh- like oversized that's what I boot pictured, yeah that's cute yeah like a big boot 
I, I like that. Or because otherwise it would be like little baby shoes, right? That would pro- that feels horrifying. Never worn. Yeah. <laughs> four four baby shoes. How many how many prongs does a Metroid have? I think four. Yeah. Yeah. Four four little baby shoes. That's 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 a nightmare. That makes Ugh. it scarier. And then there's those other ones that are more like um, squids, more than like. Uh, oh yeah, the Hunter Metroids. I don't know what they're doing, yeah. and I don't want to know. They'll fucking hit you with their own beam. Nasty. Uh. The the uh, I, 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 Metroids again. Speaking of how th- they realize things in in 3D here, they jump on your face, which in first person perspective is horrifying. And this is a thing that no doubt was inspired somewhat by the head crabs in Half Life. Mm-hmm. But you know the Ouroboros of influence of like the. Uh, Metroids were were influenced probably by uh, face huggers from aliens, and then and then that leads to uh, you know face huggers, or that leads to head crabs and half life, which leads to them inspiring that implementation, yeah. inspiring how they they're realized in Metroid Prime. Uh, but it does it, it is really spooky, and it is really cool to like yeah hey I got to go into morph ball and bomb the, out of this. Pay I a bit attention. I do. Uh... I do like that. It is like, I don't want to get sucked up by the no. Metroids, but whenever I have to do it, I'm like, oh, here we go. You know what's satisfying, though? When they go, they rear back in one of those, and you fucking nail them with an ice beam while they're in midair, oh. and then you missile them into oblivion. I didn't realize that the um, that the power beam is more effective on them than missiles are. Mm. Like, missiles, you'll spend like seven missiles trying to take down one Metroid, and then it's like three charged power beam blasts and they're done basically we didn't even talk about the charging all the charging is really really fun because charging is good but it also sucks stuff up yeah so like health and uh um no it's a magnetic effect yeah it's great the pickups it's so good uh this one's from green tea duck my first metroid game and i had a great time but if i have to use the morph ball again on a half pipe i'll go insane lots of fun we didn't even talk about the half pipe that's my shit I do like the half pipes. That's like I, made for you. I was half like, I was like, nice. I already like this game. Now I'm fucking Tony Hawk. <laughs> I'm doing the 900 on his half pipe. Once you figure out the timing of when exactly on in the ramp you're supposed to power, you're supposed to boost to yes. to you know increase your height. It, it's super satisfying. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in the like desert uh, biome, there's that one half pipe, but then there's that guy that's like, I never could. I don't know how to hit him. <laughs> like you could shoot him, you have to shoot him from the back, but he's always coming at you. So I don't know how to get around him fast mm. enough to uh, shoot him in the back. So he would always get in the way of my half pipe, and I'm just like half piping like around him because I like he won't <laughs> leave me the fuck alone. Um, let's see here. This uh, this one's from Ty Gatax, and and they write tried playing the GameCube version about ten years ago and couldn't get over the control scheme. This new version solves pretty much all of my controller problems and looks fantastic. Absolutely love this game, and the franchise may be my favorite Nintendo IP. Wow! Wow! Hell I, yeah! I'm starting. To, I'm starting to. I'm starting to think the same. I I don't know if I can get enough Metroid, but I don't want them to do so much where it's like this is too. We got a lot. We're not. We're stop. We got enough. Yeah. But you know, it'd be nice if they remembered that they had Metroid every so often. Yeah. I think I've said this before, but more like Metroid. Okay, now that's good. Yeah, it's I like good. it. I like it. It's not funny, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then finally, this one's from Esoteric Nebula. It's definitely one of the best GameCube games, GameCube games ever released. Easily top three for me. It holds up surprisingly well for a game of its era. Like it's hard to imagine that it was released the same year as Ratchet and Clank, which feels like a much older game. 
Interesting. That's interesting. I haven't returned to the original hmm. Ratchet and Clank in a while. Neither have I. That would hmm. feel like. But what's that? 2003, 2004? 2002 is 2002? when this, okay. this came out. Yeah. I mean, I've revisited some games from that era, and I mean, this is this has a new coat of paint, so it doesn't, you know, it's not getting the full effect. I've never played the original. But, but it is the same core gameplay. Yeah. And that all, that mm. that's, you, you know, they, they, they did the, they took the step of doing the modern control scheme and that goes 90% of the way towards making it feel like an, a modern game. Go with me on this for a second. Mm-hmm. Metroid is the thinking man's, the thinking person's Nintendo franchise. Because, yeah, you got Kirby. Kirby's cute. Kirby's got all the sucking up. That's easy. Mario. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to think. You got to think in all these games. But all of them are a sort of mascot, like, cute. Uh-huh. Metroid, that's like, that's like a cigar. You know what? You it's know like a what, glass of wine. You know what you're asking for, Matt? You're asking for all the Fire Emblem stands to pull your pants down and point at your bare ass. Oh. We're talk about the thinking man's fucking Keep Nintendo pointing. franchise. Point at it. Okay. <laughs> Here's my ass. I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Three houses? Suck my dick. Oh. Not even an attempt at a pun there. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it for the We Play You Play, or the Ryu Ryu crew. Thanks so much for sending those in. I hope you guys had enough time to send them to me. That also was the end of the We Play You Play for Metroid Prime Remastered. Uh, And that's this week's episode. Links to our social media are in the episode description. Our engineering is by Jordan Duffy. Jordan K. Duffy on Instagram. Also, check out Get Animated. Heather, we're we're still talking about Blue Lock. We're watching Blue Lock. We're talking Blue Lock. It's Blue Talk about Blue Lock. And I think this week we're covering episodes 11 and 12 on Blue Lock, the sports anime that's actually a combat anime, just dressed up like a sports anime, but it's really about combat, which is why we love it, folks. That and people screaming at each other when they're trying to kick a goal. (laughs) It's a great show. Screaming, thinking about kicking the ball. It's it's, it's, it's great. It's a lot of fun. It's good stuff. Patreon.com slash get played or on Stitcher Premium. And uh, Matt, you know, you and I are here in the studio. Yes. Heather's remote, but you ever notice this little nook over here that's got like a rock in front of it? Oh, yeah. I think I I can blast through that guy. You want to roll into a ball and fucking drop a bomb? (laughs) I think that's Bendizium, so... (laughs) So that thing's gonna fucking shatter into a million pieces. Yeah. By the time I'm done with it, yeah, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go in this little hole over here, Heather. I'll see you later. All right, great. Matt just got played. Oh shit! Oh, it's <laughs> there's full of shit in here. <laughs> oh. <laughs>